0: Giving you the best that I got. No sane or spiritual person can deny, ignore, or trivialize the importance and significance of encouragement. Encouragement is both important and significant, whether it's encouragement from a friend or encouragement from our own positive self-talk. Encouragement is important and significant, whether it's encouragement from a pastor or spiritual leader or encouragement from an educator you admire and look up to. Encouragement is important and significant. Whether it's encouragement from a spouse, sibling, or a child, encouragement is important and significant. Whether it's encouragement from a teammate, co-worker, coach, or a boss, Encouragement is important and significant. Who among us would not be where we are without somebody speaking a word of encouragement to us? If we're honest with ourselves on this Lord's Day morning, everybody is where they are, has achieved what you have achieved, has gone further than you thought you could go, has sometimes gone the second and I dare say the third mile because somebody had the largesse of heart and spirit to speak a word of encouragement or perform some act of encouragement that made a difference in our lives. I wish I had a witness on this Sunday morning. Encouragement can turn the apathetic into achievers. With encouragement, the apathetic can achieve. With encouragement, belly acres can become believers. With encouragement, the carnal can become consecrated. With encouragement, cynical people can become contributors. With encouragement, pessimistic people can become positive. With encouragement, instigators can become intercessors. With encouragement, hellions can become holy. With encouragement, gossips can become gracious. Users can become useful. Cannot can become can do. Will not can become we will. With encouragement, haters can become helpful, users can become useful. With encouragement, <clears throat> encouragement is important and significant. According to this New Testament text, Paul, the great <clears throat> preacher of the gospel, is serving and functioning as an encourager. Paul is not demeaning, badgering, criticizing, harassing, but Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church to be all they can be for the glory of Almighty God. As the principal leader of the Corinthian church, Paul is encouraging the people to do their best in giving when it comes to Almighty God. As Paul talks about this controversial issue of giving, Paul is encouraging the people of God in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 not to just give God the bare minimum of the tithe, which is 10%. For those of us who are biblically literate and have a Great appreciation for the counsel of the Word of God, Dr. Johnson. We know that the tithe is the floor. Amen. There are those who try to debate and say that the tithe is Old Testament. Well, the tithe precedes what we find in the Old Testament. The tithe really makes its way back to the patristic period, where Abraham, in Genesis 14, thinks it not robbery to give to Melchizedek a 10% gift because of the goodness that God has bestowed upon Abram, preached Dr. White. We can't just stop there. We can make our way to Leviticus 27.30 where God once again reminds the people that the tithe is holy unto God and belongs to God, we can make our way to the prophet Haggai, where Haggai says, don't give God less than your best, but give God your best because God is worthy and deserving of your best. We can keep making our way to Malachi 3, 6 through 12, where God reminds the people of God that God has been faithful to his people. And as people who have experienced the blessings and benefits of the faithfulness of God, we ought not rob God of what belongs to God, but we ought to give open-handedly to God because it does not belong to us but belongs to God. Keep preaching, pastor. Pastor. Because they are those, even in the body of Christ called church, who have read Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, who have allowed giving to become a stumbling block in their spiritual lives. We have no problem with forgiveness. We have no problem with reading the word. We have no problem with some issues of spiritual life and maturity. But when it comes to opening our heart, opening our hand to give to God through the church, it becomes a stumbling block for too many saints. And I dare make my way to Matthew 23, where Jesus chastises those Pharisees and scribes who are holy in every area, but who have not grown to become holy in their giving. Jesus says, you have mastered some matters of spirituality, but I want you to master the issue of tithing as you have mastered other matters of spirituality. And Paul, as he speaks to the church at Corinth, is encouraging the people of God not to give merely 10% a tithe, but Paul says, I want you to give God the best that you got. The best that we have for some of us ain't 10%. But Paul is encouraging grace giving. Paul says, if you've experienced the grace of Almighty God, which everyone under the sound of my voice has experienced, then you ought not limit your gift to God based upon a legalistic 10% of the income that God has given you. But if you've experienced the grace of God, which everybody has experienced, then we ought not place limitations and restrictions on what we give to God because God has not placed restrictions or limitations on His grace towards us. And Paul, as an encourager, tells the people of God, I want you to give God the best that you got. And on this Sunday morning, as we celebrate who God is and what God has done and what God is doing in our lives, I encourage as your pastor to everybody to give God the best that you got. When it comes to giving our financial, fiscal resources, we ought not be tight-fisted. We ought not be stingy. We ought not be cheap. We ought not be so uh, tight that we are trying to analyze and legitimize everything, but we ought to be open-hearted and open-handed in our giving to God because God is giving, gracious, and generous towards everybody under the sound of my voice. And as I encourage everybody to give God the best that you got, I encourage everybody to give God the best that you got as Paul encourages the church at Corinth for the believers to give God the best that you got. Come here, Anita. I dare you. Not to give God mediocre, not to give God that which is inferior, not to give God that which is left over, but give God the best that you got. And while we ought to give God the best that we have, if the truth be known, we are sometimes guilty of giving God less than our best. Come on, preach pastor. We ought to give God the best that we have, but if the truth be known, some of us, all of us, at one time or another, until the Holy Spirit got a hold of our heart, mind, purse, and pocketbook, amen, somebody, we were guilty of giving God less than our best. We should give God our best, but sometimes we have given crumbs, we have given leftovers, we have given excuses, we have given remnants, we have given residue, we have given scraps, we have given odds and ends, we have given fragments, but I dare everybody under the sound of my voice to make up in your mind to trust God enough to give God the best that you got. This sermon on this Sunday morning is about financial, fiscal giving to the kingdom of God for the glory of God, but this sermon is not just about giving. This sermon, I dare preach it, is encouraging everybody to give God your best in every area of your life. This ain't just a money sermon, amen, somebody. And the money sermon ain't just to raise the budget. The money sermon is to give God back what belongs to God because what God gives us belongs to God in the first place. Can I preach this to some real folk who know the word? What you have ain't yours. I said what you have ain't yours. We are stewards. We are managers. We are trustees. Yeah, you walked down the aisle and said, I do and I will, but that man or woman don't belong to you. He or she belongs to God. You gave birth to the child, but the children belong to you. It's in your name. You sign for it. You pay for it every month, but everything that we have belongs to Almighty God. And if it belongs to God, we ought not be tight like it belongs to us, but we ought to be loose like it belongs to God. In every area of our lives, we ought to give God our best. Politically, we ought to give God our best by voting. Socially, we ought to give God our best by being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Recreationally, we ought to give God our best by doing what we do to the glory of God. Vocationally, we ought to give God our best by putting in a solid eight hours and using our gifts to the glory of Almighty God. Socially, we ought to give God our best by not being a stumbling block to anybody. Spiritually, we ought to give God our best by serving to the glory of God. If God is who we say God is, and God is as great as we say God is great, we ought to give God our best in everything that we do. What does this text teach us about giving God the best that I got, giving God the best that I got is an act of inspiration that produces imitation. Giving God my best is an act of inspiration. That requires, that produces imitation. Preach it to make it, make it plain for you. If you go home and read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is using the Macedonian believers to inspire the Corinthian church to do great in their giving. Moreover, Paul says if you want to talk about giving, Look no further than the great God we serve and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish I had some help in here. For those of us who are really saved and comprehend who Jesus is and what Jesus did for three and a half years and what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, it's no way in the world we can justify being tight than open-handed. I wish I had some help. If you really know who Almighty God is and what God does in your life, for your life, through you, where God has brought you from, and we seek to be who God is, there's no way in the world we can justify giving God less than our best. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning who knew that Jesus Christ went to a hill called Calvary, gave his best for our worst. He was crucified, ain't nobody talking to me in here, for our sins against humanity. The God that we serve wakes us up every morning, puts shoes on our feet, clothes on our back, gives us the gifts of grace and mercy, works bad things out for our good. Who can testify God has answered my prayers? God has made a way. God has opened doors. God has been open-handed towards me. And the generosity of God and the Macedonians ought to inspire me to imitate who God is. If we serve a great God, a generous God, then I got to be generous myself. If God is open-handed, I should be open-handed. Let me see if I can make it plain. Earlier this week, most of us or a good chunk of us, watched with rapt attention as Serena, our girl, said her swan song. For the past 25 years, we have been mesmerized with Venus and Serena as they have upset the apple cart and prove that black girls can do more than run the 100 and 200, the 400, but black girls can play tennis too. All we need is exposure. And Richard Williams, as crazy as he is, come on, help me preach this, exposed two black girls from Compton to the tennis, sport of tennis, and they became world champions and giant killers because of exposure. I'm going somewhere. They are on the downside of their career. Ain't nobody talking to me. But Reverend Sam on the backside of young black woman in Atlanta, Georgia, Coco Golf, who saw the example of Venus and Serena Saw the inspiration and caught the fire is now on the horizon to becoming great because she has imitated the example because of the example and inspiration of Venus and Serena. I can't stop right there because there's a black man from Silver Spring, Maryland who made it to the quarterfinals because of the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because of inspiration produced imitation. Somebody sacrificed for you and I. And because they sacrificed, we're about to celebrate 146 years as a church on next week. Because our mothers and fathers laid the foundation here. Ain't nobody talking to me in here. We ought to go further. We ought to go higher. We ought to give more. We ought to expand our territory because somebody inspired us. Give God the best that you got. Inspiration produces imitation. I can't stop right there. Give God the best that you got because of an attitude of appreciation. For God loves a cheerful giver. Come on, help me preach this. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows generously will reap generously. But he, but God, loves a cheerful giver. Let me help somebody on this Sunday morning. Giving ain't just about the amount. You could give a million dollars, but if you got a stank attitude... You can give $10 million and have something named after you, but if your attitude ain't right. You can give $100 million, but if your attitude is nasty. Come on, help me in here. God wants the amount, but God wants the attitude to be commensurate with the spirit in which it is given. Help me preach somebody. If you give something to somebody, you ought to do it with a smile on your face. I wish all the sisters would say amen. Come on now. That second weekend in February comes along. And brother man asks you out or takes you out, amen, and gives you a gift, amen. But the spirit by which he gives it, Ain't nobody saying amen. If he gives the gift, but if brother don't have a smile on his face. Come on now, help me in here. If he just throws the roses, just gives you some. uh, Three musketeers, not Godiva. I'm going to take you to Chick-fil-A. We ain't going to Flemings. We ain't going. going to be a lonely weekend. Because it ain't just the gift. It's the attitude behind the gift. I wish I had some help in here. It ain't just what you give. It's the attitude by which we're giving. And maybe God really wants us to develop an attitude of appreciation as we learn to give to God. Giving our best to God ain't just the amount, it's also the attitude by which we give. Giving God my best requires inspiration that produces imitation, but it requires an attitude of appreciation. And I dare everybody under the sound of my voice to be more appreciative, grateful, and thankful for what you already have. Maybe we are in a spiritual holding pattern because we have not yet thanked God for what God has already done. Two weeks ago, I flew from New York City back to Raleigh, North Carolina. There were storms on the East Coast. You've ever been in a holding pattern? It is disconcerting and frustrating because you wonder when you are going to land. The pilot says, we are going to land. I can't tell you when, but we are going to land. And I automatically begin to think, do we have enough gas? Watch too many movies or something. Can we go to Greensboro? Can we go somewhere else? We got to be able to land because we can't stay in the air forever. And if you've ever been anxious, y'all help me preach this. You don't start thanking God like you do when you're anxious, when you're going through. Ain't nobody talking to me in here. You start praising, you start worshiping, you start thanking God. Lord, I thank you for Delta Airlines. Lord, I thank you. For the pilot, I thank you for his wife, I thank you for his children. I pray that he had a good night's sleep. Lord, I thank you for where you brought me from. I thank you for all that you don't know. I thank you for a good three days in New York City. I thank you. I wish I had some help in here. And maybe God allows us to have moments in life holding pattern seasons to teach us the importance of appreciation, thanksgiving, and gratitude. So when you give to God, thank God for what he's already done. When it's time to worship God through giving, I dare you to thank God for what you have already. Thank God for where he's already brought you from. Thank God. Can I go old school? Thank God for the shoes on your feet. Thank God for the clothes on your back. Thank God for the car that you already drive. Thank God for the education that you already have. Thank God for where he's already brought you from. Thank God for the job that you have, the mortgage that gets paid, your children, your grandchildren. You ain't been to the hospital. Ain't been to the morgue. Ain't been down to Fayetteville Street. Ain't had to call a bail bondsman. I dare you to thank God. Giving to God. Giving our best attitude of appreciation. Maybe I ought to thank God for what I already have. Inspiration that produces imitation. Let me close. Giving God our best requires not just appreciation, not just imitation, but it requires expectation for God to keep God's Word. Look at what Paul says to the church at Corinth. He said, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows generously will reap generously. That's the word of God. And Paul says, as you continue to sow, God will make sure you have enough seed to keep on sowing. In other words, as you open your hand, gotta make sure you will always have something in your hand to give. If you keep your hand tight, if you keep your fist closed, if you don't open your hand, what you have may run through your hand. But if you open your hand and sow unto God, then God will make sure that you have enough to keep on sowing. See, giving to God requires a sense of expectation. See, expectation is when you and I don't look to the right. We don't look to the left, but we look to God who will keep his word. And I wish I had about 300 folk in the sanctuary who could testify that God will keep his word. Has anybody experienced God as a promise keeper? Folk lie. Folk deceive. Folk say one thing and do another thing. But we serve a great God, a Jehovah God, who will keep his word. God said God was gonna do it, and didn't God do it. Ain't that your story? Ain't that your testimony? Isn't that the song you singing right now? God said he was gonna make a way, and God made a way. God said he was gonna open a door and God opened the door. God said he was gonna bring you out and he brought you out. God said he was gonna open the windows of heaven and God opened the windows of heaven. God said he was gonna make your enemies your footstools and God made your enemies your footstool. I said, God will keep his word. Won't God do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he can. Yes, it will. I dare you to expect God to do great things, do mighty things. God is faithful. God is able. God is faithful. God will keep his word. Give God. The best that you got I wish I had some real folk who th- some of us never thought we'd be as blessed as we are right now do I have a witness in here I-, I need some of my folk who grew up in the PJs come on now I need my PJ saints to say amen Think about where God brought you from. There's some people counted you out. Grew up on the other side of the tracks. Now you own property. I ain't just talking about the house you live in. You own some other stuff. You grew up working for somebody else. Now folk work for you. Come on now. Don't tell me what God can't do. Everybody in here is a living witness to the grace and goodness of Almighty God. Our service, our worship, our tithing, our giving, Is because God's been good. I'm never going to be the pastor. And I'm going to say never on this. I ain't never going to be the pastor that says, if you give, you're going to get a jet. You're going to get red bottoms. You're going to have purple label. That's foolishness. A certain preacher in a certain city had to recant All that stuff he taught over the years. I ain't calling no names. We serve, we give, we tithe because God has been good. God's already been good. He's already been faithful. Our motivation ought to be, God's been so good to me Now, this is for the real folk. And how many of us know we don't deserve it? Stand to your feet if you're able. My sister, my brother, you're here today and you know about the goodness of Almighty God. You're not saved. And you want to accept Jesus as your savior. I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. You want to accept Jesus as your Savior. You're not saved. You don't understand salvation. You want to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. Raise your hand. You're saved, but you want to make on your church home. I want you to raise your hand. You're saved, and you want to, you want to make on your church home. Is a brother right here, amen. God bless you, brother. Reverend, Reverend Robinson, you go get that brother right there. Yeah, you got him, Deacon? You got him? Okay, all right. Somebody else, you're saved and you wanna make Watch Chapel your church home. Thank God for this man and woman of God, amen. You're saved, and you want to make Watch Chapel your church home. Raise your hand. You are virtual. You want to make Watch Chapel your church home. We want you to go to the Contact Us tab. Unite with Watch Chapel. Once again, I want to be your pastor. We want to be your brothers and sisters in Christ as we prepare to say the benediction, I want to challenge everybody to give God your best in every area of your life. This is not just about tithing and giving. Hello, Lord. This does include tithing and giving. You have income. You've been faithful. Trust God and try God as a tither and giver. And... Give God your best in every area of your life. You're a student. Make up your mind, I'm going to make the honor roll. You got gifts and talents, abilities, your place of employment. Be your best. Sometimes we have untapped potential. Come on, teach, Pastor untapped potential because we have not gone another mile. I'm good. I'm doing okay. I'm good. Why not your best? Talk, pastor. Why not your best? God wants more of you. You got more to give. Ain't nothing wrong with a B, but why settle for a B when you can get an A? This word, challenge somebody, I want you to come to the altar. Holy Spirit just said this. And it ain't just about giving. It's other areas of life where we are settling. Come to the altar. I want to pray over you. You've been in in church all your life. You've been in Bible study, but you haven't taught yet. Teach, pastor. You are sitting on your gifts, your talents. You got a testimony you have not shared with somebody. You got a testimony that God healed you from cancer. Take a step forward. I've told people this. If you've been a member of Watch Dabble for more than 10 years, you've heard me tell people, as a child, I stuttered. I was in speech pathology for uh, at least seven years of my life. Between speech pathology and the Holy Ghost, That's a testimony. Little black boys stuttering in Baltimore. I learned how to fight that way. You ain't going to joke me. You're going to take this L too. Why not your best? Why not your best? Lord, I come in Jesus' name praying for Watch Chapel, praying for every man and woman who has heard and who will hear this message. Forgive us for not seeking to be, do and give our best to you. Forgive us for the times we have settled. We have used profanity instead of words that were uplifting. We have given scraps instead of our best. We have settled for C's and B's, not A's. We have not challenged ourselves. We have not gone to the next level. Forgive us for being intimidated by people who are doing good stuff. Forgive us for being haters and not celebrating with people who are doing good. We're going to give you our best, God. Covenant with you right now. To seek a be, do, and give our best. Challenge us when we're lazy. Convict us when we're settling. Stir us when we're not trying to be, do, and give our best. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 Look at your neighbor, just smile and say, I want you to give God your best. Look on the other side say, I want you to give God your best, amen. Amen. You can make your way back to your seat, amen. Amen. Sisters, we look forward to seeing you on Tuesday night for Women's TNT. Next weekend, we will be celebrating 146 years If you want to be baptized, register tonight. We need you to serve Watch Chapel. Want to see you next Saturday and next Sunday. We need you to register for next Saturday. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide until we shall meet again. The people of God said amen. 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 Follow the direction of our ushers. Amen.